You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much, presented by Much Studios. Welcome to The Pedestal. I am Mike Veerman. You might know me from a podcast called Mike on Much. We are here with Shane Cunningham, who was also on that podcast, Mike on Much. And joining us is cinephile, very good friend, Mensa member. And not even the third member of this podcast. I'd say the first member, since I think this was his and Shane's brainchild. Jonathan yeah. Popolis. We told someone we were coming up here, and they go, oh, for what? And we go, oh, our podcast. They go, the Popolis one? No, <laughs> they called go. it the Popolis podcast. Yeah. The Popolis. That's, you know yeah. what? We should workshop that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Right? For real. <laughs> and then Sh- Shane goes, the Popolis podcast. How dare you? Yeah. And then he <laughs> The person is now dead. Yeah. I've cooled off. <laughs> Uh, today on the pedestal, guys, we are doing the film He Got Game. It's a Spike Lee joint starring Denzel Washington and Ray Allen. For some context, this film came out in 1998. We've not, we have not yet done a film that came out in 1998, guys, so we haven't done the top uh, grossing films of that year. We like to, if you've listened to The Pedestal before, maybe you're just a Denzel fan who's tuned in for the first time. We always give context of what year it was and what came out in that year, so we go through the top five highest grossing films of that year. Uh, guys, any guesses? 98. 98. So Jackie Brown came out that year. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a weird poll. <laughs> to know that was the year 98 that it came out. Oh, I'm a Tarantino fan. You know, it's interesting. Is, you know, we've done movies from all, like, you know, all over the place, 60s, 70s, 80s, and then we've done quite a few from the 90s, but usually early 90s. Aside from Garden State and maybe Blair Witch Project, this is probably right in that pocket of like when we were all sort of teenagers and have like a, a memory of this time. So when I saw this top five list of the highest grossing films in 98, of... I was like, I saw all of these movies Not in theaters. The, was it the Vince Vaughn Jurassic Park? Did that come out? No. No. Was That's it uh, Saving Private Ryan? Number one, baby. Yeah, Good okay. one, Johnny. So, okay, so is Shakespeare in Love in the top five? That no. wouldn't be, but that's the, that's the year. That's what I'm doing the same thing, where I'm like, what else came out in 98? Well, here's what's shocking, is Saving Private Ryan is number one on this list, but number two, I thought for sure, would have beat number one. Hmm. Number two should be number one. It's, it's a, is it a Star Wars? No, hmm. but it is a huge blockbuster. Oh, uh, Independence Day. No. No, hmm. that was 96. 98. That. Give me number five. So, so let's, let's let's go up from there. Shockingly, the Water Boy. Water Boy. That's not shocking, though. I, I mean, I guess just like as far as the test of time, we Sand- know that oh, Sandler's that, like a successful guy. The, but, but everyone thought that was a shit movie even yeah. when it came out. It was just because I like uh, that movie. Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore didn't make much money. Big Daddy had made a fortune, right? So then this followed it. The, I guess what surprises me is top five. That's surprising. But I, but this yeah. was the first a movie, huge yeah. like. That was his first shitty movie. I know you liked it, Pops, but I'm sorry. <laughs> but I mean, I think I liked it because, like you said, I probably watched it in theaters at that time, and then I just oh, I was there. I don't know if it's night. good or bad. I just laugh at Adam Sandler movies back then. I like Little Nicky. I hate when he puts voices. <laughs> little Nicky's was, the worst. <laughs> I hate when I he puts voices. It. On. I can't defend it. I actually just think it's getting the flies. Adam Sandler can't play characters. That's his problem. Yeah. So number five of '98 was The Water Boy. Number four, A Bug's Life. Okay. Remember A Bug's so Life? Pixar. Yeah, I saw yep. that in theaters. Number three, grade ten. There's something about Mary. Oh damn! Yeah, it. so I did see all these in theaters. Number two, shockingly, not number one, Armageddon. Oh I'm god! I'm not that shocked. I just would have assumed that That's made more a than huge Saving movie. Private Ryan. Just like yeah. no, you would Saving think Private so. Ryan was the first place my mind went to, just because it was that that like was 
dominated every conversation. Mm. I remember back then. That was everything. Well, that Deep opened. Impact didn't make an impact. Uh, it made an, it was I think it was top fifteen or top ten because mm. I did like I saw that it actually did pretty well. So yeah, I mean there you have it. I will tell you what wasn't even fucking close to the top ten. He Jackie got Brown. game. Oh. <laughs> Jackie Brown, that was a nice Brown. button. <laughs> uh, he got game. You guys want to take a guess at the budget? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna say it was twenty five million. You're always better at this than me. Tw- Eighteen million. Just stop it, Johnny. Shane, Not even Shane go- nailed it. Bang on. Even really? Just, Bang on. You should just ask oh. him every time. I'm horrible <laughs> at this. Horrible. I don't know what I'm I'm so bad at budgets. Well, you're pretty good at this though. So it was twenty five million dollar budget. What do you guys think it made? Okay. <laughs> Mama. I'm gonna say thirty mil. Thirty million was what I was thinking too. Twenty two point four million. It lost money Yikes. at the box office. Well, overall made money on DVD, etc. I'm sure. The problem yeah, too with a movie like this. Oh, and the it, soundtrack. A movie like this though also does not play overseas. Nobody in the UK would care about this Why movie. Why would they care? Nobody really? in Asia would care about this they movie. They don't like they love basketball. And don't they yeah, like but, the, but this is a an, a very American story. Nineteen nineties, like ninety eight like, obviously like I, yeah, I just like I think it's hard to sell these stories overseas. I think it was hard enough to try to get white people in the '90s to watch it, let alone people really? in China internationally. Oh, clearly, it's the last money. I'm saying that, like, yeah, I understand. So Shane doesn't understand, but I understand. Hmm. Guys, like we always do, uh, we like to go through the film. We like to uh, talk about uh, how we felt about it the first time we saw it. Uh, and then we try to make a case to keep it on the pedestal and then maybe give our reasons for knocking it off the pedestal. So, again, this is 98. Guys, what are your first impressions of this film? What was your, what was your relationship like with this film when it came out? I loved the song... Uh he got game. She got game. It might feel good. It might sound a little something, but fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing. I love that song. I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to be just so you could. Have... Yeah. It was a long title for a song, but I do uh, like that song. And I remember uh, hearing that Stefan Marbury was going to star in it. And then I remember when that did not happen, I was a little surprised. Were you a huge Marbury fan? I was a fan, yeah. I was into the NBA. That was probably when I was really, really following it. He also was authentically like a, a Coney Island project. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. What do you call that? They bring it up in the movie. Product. Yeah, and then I, I yeah. was like, oh, they mentioned his name. Oh, that's that's interesting. I, I mean, it's funny that you say that then because like now, like since then, as obviously all three of us are very, very big NBA fans. So like you hear all these stories about how he wanted Kobe to do it. And then Allen Iverson was going to yes. do it, but he didn't want to audition. Yep. Yes. So Ray was willing. But I didn't know any of that. Kobe didn't do it because like he had a bad rookie season, that whole thing. And so he, I'm going to take the, the whole summer. summer is going to be work. Redo my shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the time, I didn't even, I wasn't even an NBA fan. Mm-hmm. So it's like I know you guys were NBA fans growing up, you know. Like I know you love Jason Williams, you loved Akeem. Um, so, so Shaney, you you knew that Marbury was going to be in it. Was this like a, a confluence of sort of like basketball fandom and like movie fandom, since those are two sort of like a good Venn diagram for you? Yeah, I was very very excited for this movie, and I think it did not disappoint when I saw it. I walked out like that was an amazing film, and it really felt like a film, whereas like a movie like Blue Chips just felt like a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this was artfully done, especially for my young mind. I This is one of those movies that I know I saw. Like, I watched once. But I but until I watched it again yesterday, I could not tell you one second. Other than, like, the ending of the movie, but I think it's just been talked about so much. Like, I barely, I have, like, zero relationship with it. Which is wild, because of my huge love of basketball. Like, You're there was, telling me you didn't even have a sexual relationship with this movie? No. 
like jerk, jerking off during the, the yeah we don't dorm, have to be so scene. blunt but you know what i'm talking about <laughs> oh why not be blunt um no not like i barely have like i did i could not i have not watched it once since like 1998 which is because i've watched i'll watch any movie that has basketball in it like anything like blue chips air up there like anything back then if there was basketball related i would watch it and it just i, I was I, in the air up there were you yeah i got paid 75 bacon. bucks are you actually in the air up there? Yeah. Doing what? I'm just in the crowd cheering. It was filmed in uh, Cups Coliseum in Hill. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I was in uh, the crowd uh, during Finding Forster. I heard that. They, <laughs> really? Yeah. They turned Cups Coliseum into Madison Square Garden, and they basically, the, the movie company paid our high school like peanuts, and we all got three days off school as long as our parents signed a waiver, and then we got to like hang out. They fed uh, us. Hamilton. They fed us. I think we all got twenty dollars a day, which is hilarious. But when you're in like grade eleven, sixty dollars to get go to hang school. out, and you and you would have done it for free. Like you're like, yeah. this is. I and Sean I, Connery. I don't think I have it anymore in like my you know life boxes that sort of you know you pare things down as you get older and you keep a couple yeah. of things you care about on like the back of like this funny watermelon like construction paper that would just happen to be the arena. I have Casey Affleck's signature because he was on set shadowing Gus Van Sant. Who obviously he knew sure. through uh, Goodwill Hunting, just like he was doing learning. the movie Jerry, right after that. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But he was hanging out in Hamilton just on set. No, doesn't wow. he's not in the movie, but he was and you there. Got cops. his autograph. I did, yeah, because mm-hmm. I was a huge Goodwill Hunting fan. I was like, oh man, that's Casey Affleck from Goodwill Hunting, uh, and Anna Paquin was in the movie, so we got to see all the stars. It was cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but I was going to have a joke that small peanuts is better than no peanuts. That's not bad. No. It sounds like penis. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Penis. I'll be so blunt uh, okay. about it. We'll edit that in with better timing, <laughs> and I may ADR that line also. <laughs> uh, my relationship with He Got Game, uh, I, again, I was not, this was like directly in a time where it's like I did not give a shit about sports, but I did love films. Um, and so it was a new Spike Lee movie starring Denzel, which was like a cool thing. So me and my friends, like we would go to the movies on Tuesdays when it was cheap and on Fridays and sometimes Saturdays. So we would go sometimes three days a week. So we needed movies to watch. I was excited about this one cause it had some hype. I had no idea who Ray Allen was. I didn't even know like, Oh, he's an actual NBA player. He it wasn't was, a star or anything. No, but he didn't but, even yeah. come in with like a ton of hype. So. Wasn't the part of the narrative at all for me. It was just another Spike Lee movie about like, basically like, I guess, pros and like basically college recruiting for high school basketball players and it was going to be sort of his take on it and i knew spike lee was a huge basketball fan um and i i remember really liking it like i remember leaving into shane's point it's like your young mind is like wow that was such an artistic film like it was so artful the the way that they used like the um the classical music over sort of like inner city sort of like hoops and it was just this really sort of beautiful thing i remember all like me and all my friends liking it and like us discussing the ending and all that stuff uh, which has kind of become pretty i don't even know polarizing but memorable for sure remarkable ending for sure um and then like you johnny i walked away from it i like i'm aware of it it's kind of you, if someone were to make a joke or reference something from the movie, uh, I would absolutely remember it. I, I for some reason, re- would remember Rick Fox being in it. But I think almost like my basketball fandom, which like kind of started in earnest around 2002, maybe. Maybe all of my memories of the film are kind of through osmosis because people reference the movie so much in the That's NBA how I world. Feel. Yeah. And with, like, with GIFs and Twitter and stuff like that. I feel like especially that last... The, I, I, I literally, like Denzel last year had an interview where he was talking about the, that it feels like that last that game at the end has been talked about so much i can't tell if i'm remembering it or if i'm just hearing about it through their memories yeah through their yeah. memories so it was like you well i mean I, I don't know if you've seen it a bunch through the years shane but i was much more like john where i had not sit through this sat through this movie front to back in 
a decade and a half for sure. Yeah, there's just a few scenes that I've watched over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> what you alluded to earlier, the college recruiting scene with uh, Rick Fox. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather not say. <laughs> um, You're a big Rick Fox fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, boys, uh, let's move into the reasons uh, to keep it on the pedestal. Before, right, just before that, just a little bit of context as well. One of the big reasons we're doing this for this season oh, yeah, is great. because last season, in season one, we did Space Jam. And you, you two, Shane and Mike, had a pretty big argument over whether or not Ray Allen is a good actor. For an athlete. For an athlete. Yes. Yep. Or, yeah, for an athlete. And so it's a, well, one of the bigger reasons we wanted to do it was so we can actually, you know what? Let's actually <laughs> well, can throw I it just out say there. something right off the bat, though? I want to say Mike is closer to being right than me. Okay. Oh, that just took the tension out of the room. Yeah, I know. Boy. And I know it'd be, Spoilers. I'd love to come in and be a huge phony just for ratings and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and have a fight with Mike. But honestly, it, it goes, it, re- it really taught me about expectations. When you think somebody's going to be bad, when you go in that mindset, then they're fucking good. And the last time I had uh, watched this film, which wasn't too far, uh, like it was like seven months ago, I think was the last time I saw it. I was like, geez, I thought he was good when I was young, and now he's not a good actor at all. And then I walked in knowing that I made this huge proclamation that he's horrible, <laughs> and I was like, fuck, he's actually pretty decent. Basketball is, is, is like poetry in motion. Just coming down the court, you got a defender in your way, you, you take him to the left, you take him back to the right, and he's falling back, and you just, Jay, right in his face. So... Yeah. yeah, I'll eat my words there. If we're starting r- right away on what, what we liked, I wrote, first thing I wrote in this section was Shane is nuts, Ray Allen is perfect in this role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not very sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I thought he was awesome. I mean, it, for he perfectly embodied kind of like a young, awkward athlete around that age who is like being made to act, make adult decisions, even though he's not an adult at all. Like it felt, I felt like this is, Absolutely, what this this kid in the Jesus Shuttleworth actually would be like. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also like to. See, <laughs> I like that this movie is being talked about on the pedestal because of an argument from season one. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Do you think some people hold this on a pedestal though? I think basket. I think for oh. basketball fans, this is like the art film of basketball movies. Right. I think for sure. I agree. Yeah. I, I think. Like, what other basketball movies? Hoosiers is one that people seem to Hoosiers think is like mine, an Oscar but... level or whatever in the conversation for like transcend sports genre films. Yeah, but that's less about the sport. This is really about sports. Like, and also you could you could argue that Hoosiers is a bunch of white people making with a bunch of white actors making a movie about basketball that a sport that is ostensibly revolves around young black men. And ultimately, this movie. And I, I we'll get to this a bit, but it, it's interesting. It's about the business of basketball more so than it is about Big basketball time. in a Big lot of time. ways. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to some of these things. So like, uh, so reasons for keeping it on. Yes, I agree. I thought Ray Allen was great. I thought his the cracks showed in a couple scenes, like they're like kind of at the ending of a line or whatever. But I thought for the most part, I was like, fuck. I'm like, for a guy that literally walked off a basketball court and yeah. onto a movie set. Into like a heavy thing, you know, where obviously Denzel had uh, accidentally killed the mom, like manslaughter, been in jail, comes out six years later. Ray Allen's now the superstar, and he has to sort of connect with his dad. He doesn't like his dad. He doesn't want his dad in his life. His younger sister obviously has forgiven the dad. It's like that's just a complexity that you have to sort of do that can like seem petulant or fake or, you know, how many bad actors do you see sort of deliver in a scene like that? And I thought that Ray Allen was like the opposite. You know what I mean? Like I don't think he was as good as like – if a legitimate like 
Name like a young African American actor that would like just kill that, even though he didn't hoop. Like Michael B. Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. Michael B. Jordan is like the Michael Jordan of actors. No, he's yeah. like <laughs> he he would be amazing in that role, right? And he would like he'd probably lift it up from what Ray Allen did, maybe thirty percent. I don't know, but I'd feel like I wasn't like. Oh, but geez. would he draw? Because I mean, I'm sure Spike Lee's whole reasoning was would if he couldn't hoop the way Ray Allen hoops, does it drop that whole? Because a huge part of why it works is you totally believe that he is not just a very good basketball player, but he has to be sold as the number one prospect in America. Like yeah. you have to really believe, and you believe it. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Like he's obviously amazing and they don't have, and they can shoot him taking shots and dunking. They don't have to have like body doubles. They don't have to like. No trampolines. Jump, going up for a, go, going up for a dunk and then a close up of the rim and, and the yeah. ball going in and stuff like that. All those Kicking little it. tricks. Yeah. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, who's like five foot four. You know, and then when he's the Teen Wolf, he's all yeah. of a sudden six one and yeah. throwing down reverse the slams. Yeah. Well, there's like three stunt doubles in that movie. There's one for break dancing. There's one for basketball. Like yeah. Teen Wolf, we didn't mention that when it came to basketball movies. That's uh, that's, that's a true. Good, that's a good basketball movie. This is a, this I agree. I thoroughly enjoyed Teen yeah, Wolf. Man. Again, haven't sat through that in more than a decade. I just watched it the other night. Hold Did up, you? it was on TV. That's it was, great. Alex had never seen it. My wife and it was amazing. Like we we laughed and we uh, we were actually into surfing the story. on the vans, fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, surfing Styles, on the vans, yeah, yeah, with the Beach Boys song. Um, yeah, so Ray Allen was great. Denzel always delivers. I feel like Denzel has like a uh, well. Ray Allen was the worst character, worst actor in the movie. Yep, which goes to show how was he the worst? There was well, there there's another few, candidate there's in there. Who, wait, who we who are we talking? I thought Mila Jovovich was. A, was it was a bit much, but I think she that wasn't was the, good. But I think the whole part itself was it was the problem. problem True. It was written. It was like True. such a caricature. But I just found myself watching and going like, "This is a very odd." Oh my god! Tertiary character, like I plot got a lot line. to say about all that stuff. I mean, in the we're going to get to this. that in the second yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, think, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I think she would give Ray a run for uh, his, his 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 acting money as far as the worst in the film. True. Uh, but I, I thought know, Denzel the guy was great. who played the 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 agent wasn't too good. There's a there was a few. Who the Italian agent? Yeah, the I weird, loved him. The agent, yeah, the one with the Ferrari and the Rolex and the yeah, yeah. Mm, you're Italian, that guy made some acting choices. Yeah, I, his name was. Um, <laughs> oh, you got his name. That's great. Yeah, you uh, didn't like him. Big time. I feel like I know no, people big, like so him. So big time was also so big time is the guy driving the car. Oh, you're talking about the guy in the mansion. Yeah. So so the so so but in also, the movie, big time was also weird. The, but the, I mean, the Rosario Dawson Lala character is trying to get Ray Allen to sign with like a, a big time agent. So they go to like his house, like in the you know whatever the suburbs or the the, the really nice part of New York, uh, upstate New York, mm -hmm. and he goes to this mansion and there's this really sort of affected twitchy. Italian like character that's like you sign with me I'll give you this Rolex right now yeah quarter million dollar Lamborghini Diablo take a look at this house for a quarter million dollars not the house I'm gonna get you and so he was very like the twitching was real though I don't think that was an acting decision <laughs> so right. Sarah yeah. kept giving me like this guy is blinking so often and I can't look at it anymore uh, so why so do you think that do you think he like I'd love to know the story behind that actor like do you think that because like there were so many uses of real basketball uh, people in that world, popular basketball mm -hmm. world, you know, like obviously the very famous college coaches. There was NBA oh, players. Oh, you wonder if he was like a real agent? Like, how does Spike know that guy? Why does that guy get that role? Does Spike oh, that's go? Interesting. Like, does Spike meet that guy at some point in the '90s? Like, you're a character. Like, I bet. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was be like, awesome I could believe if I knew that. That would make me like. That would make me like. Did you more. think it was bad though? <laughs> he didn't stand out as much as Big Time, the guy in the car that was like, like you got to watch out for the pussy. Like you could have HIV, like that. Oh, guy. I like that guy too, man. Maybe I'm off. No, no, no. no but no, here's no, the thing: I, I, I wouldn't say. Bad, I think the film is odd. Odd. 
that guy was making acting choices and was clearly directed to act that big by Spike, I imagine. Yeah. But I have a note sort of about him and the Mila Jovovich character as the, you know, the hooker with the heart of gold. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow, they're both going so like, like, it's like Spike is like, listen, New York City is full of weird characters and there's these sort of like characters that orbit. That's, not, that's a good point. Yeah, there's, there's, there's always people in the lives of people like the Jesus Shuttleworth's character that orbit someone that they can smell is going to be famous or going to be a millionaire and all this stuff. It's like, and I think he wanted to populate like the New York that he knows, or the Coney Island that he knows with sort of like these, these really strong characters. And some do work. And I think for other times I'm like, wow, they're really laying it on thick here, which doesn't feel real. But then, if you talk to Spike, he'd like, well, you don't meet the people I do yeah. because he's it's stranger like, than fiction. I know people that are that's crazy. That's a really good point. Like he's a born and raised New Yorker, and he's yeah. like, yeah, there's some weird ass people out here. And this is how they talk, and this is how they are. Yeah, like the pimp, Mila's pimp, I believe. He was great. I thought yeah. that actor was great. He was great, and the uncle, I loved. The oh, uncle. the uncle's amazing. He might be my favorite character yeah. in the movie because he he highlighted what you were saying perfectly, which is a huge part about this movie: the idea of Spike Lee making a movie about. People just like vultures circling anyone who has a talent and just clawing at you. And you in, you get introduced to, to Uncle Bubba in a kind of innocuous way. He actually seems like he's on his side. He's nice. He's when he, about- listen, I have in my notes how funny he is. When, when Jesus Shuttleworth first goes in there, and he's like, uh, I got to talk to you. He's like, my dad's here. My dad just got, and he's like, he got out. He's like, oh, God damn it, he escaped like some Shawshank shit. <laughs> like when he starts- that movie didn't come out long. I thought that was some spoilers for Shawshank. That was like four uh. years, right? 94 for Shawshank? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. But it's like, just I was like, Uncle Bubba's funny. I forgot how funny he was and the actor really embodied it. But then like you said, it slowly gets, starts to and turn. Turn and he gets like he's like one of the most like most insidious characters in the movie. Like he got the car and he's like like I'm the one taking care of you. I thought he was great. Where he's funny, but he actually he almost represents the tragicness of what's going on to Jesus in a, in, in a very real way. I like Booger. Loved Booger. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And the the child actors were amazing too. Young Booger was perfect, and young Jesus Shuttlesworth was amazing. Yeah, I those agree. flashbacks were great. Yeah, I thought they were great. Him, the Denzel. I mean, we can circle back to Denzel because Denzel, when he was like teaching him as a kid, like they worked perfectly. They didn't need too much to sell that he was too like a really domineering coach dad yeah. who like pushed his kid too hard. But and I thought that like they're you know when they're out there on the on the playground and he's teaching his kid and you know the the sun has gone down and he's pushing and pushing him, but he's got his buddy sitting there. He's got the 40 in the bag, mm-hmm. the liquor in the bag. And you know Denzel's like pushing his kid, he's being antagonist, but then he goes over, takes a swig, hands it back, goes back. It's like I feel like that really captured yeah, that felt real to me. Everything oh about God. that. And totally. that could, think of how lame that could have felt. Yep, that could have felt like, oh, we need something to say, like you're still an out of control dad. You're not just domineering. You're also a fucking scumbag. Yeah, which is what Denzel's the mm-hmm. best at. You could you could give him the most over the top caricatured character in the world, and he somehow finds the way to make it feel real. And what I loved in that scene too is the kid gets upset. It reaches a boiling point, and the kid shucks the ball over the fence in a normal movie that would just be a little issue and then they'd almost forget about it in the next scene denzel sticks with that he lost his ball that's not your ball he sticks with it just like a dad would Mm -hmm. and i was like that's so realistic that he was hung up on the ball and that it lingered to dinner and it became the thing that basically ended up killing the mom effectively Yeah, she loved that ball. No, yeah, um, <laughs> Give me, where's she the ball? <laughs> her, her dying words. Yeah, <laughs> um, I also liked the moment too, because like even Denzel's like buddy with the liquor. He's like, 
you know, because Denzel eventually the kid loses it, young Jesus, and then his buddy's like, "This ain't it, man!" And he hands him the liquor, and the buddy even leaves. So now mm-hmm. Denzel's standing there on the the playground alone, and he kind of has a moment where he looks, and he's like, "Motherfucker threw the ball!" Yeah. Like he almost had like a he couldn't believe that the kid threw the ball, you yeah. know, twenty feet or whatever. And then, like you said, that was the thing because the dad couldn't let it go, and that's how those things happen. I've had that fight with my own dad. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It felt like so real. Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely. Real. Like I haven't had a fight like that with my dad, but it felt like. I remember things like this happened to me when I was young with like an older kid or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought that they, I mean, other, so uh, to Shane's point, um, the dad comes home, they have the fight. The kid basically is being sort of like petulant throughout the whole thing. He's not going to apologize. And he kind of gets up to leave the dinner table. The dad's like, fuck back here, grabs him. The mom tries to separate them. The dad pushes the mom away. She falls, hits her head on the, the kitchen table. It's a rough way to die. The counter. <laughs> it yeah. was a stove, I thought. Or whatever the stove. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then so she, she he's like, call 911, son, call 911. And so that's sort of like they reveal at some point, like halfway through the film, that's been the thing that obviously why Jesus can't forgive his father, et cetera, et cetera. Also, the the, the daughter wasn't there in the room. So like it's probably easier for her to give the forgive the father. Also, yeah. Jesus probably blames himself. No, they didn't really explore that. Like he did he was the one that threw the ball. That's a good point. If you're the dad in that situation, like you accidentally uh, beat your wife up and borderline killer, or killer in this situation, would you want the kid? Making that call, I, I would want to do the I think you're not. You're, you're just. I, I think he's staying with her. Can I do something to? Rev- I, I don't know if he's given CPR, but it did. Seem I think like you'd be hesitant to leave to the leave wife the, to leave her who, as she's right. like. Gurgling That's what I would feel. Like, I don't yeah. know if she was already dead, especially because yeah. you're overwhelmed. Did I just do this? Did I just yeah. like you're? You have now hit like a demarcation point in your life of before and after. Like I just did the mm-hmm. worst thing anyone could possibly do. Like you almost can't even function. And I guess you don't know she's dead, right? This is yeah. only only in hindsight do I know Correct. that she dies yep. from that. Yeah. Um, and I just yeah, and so I think that Spike did a really good job having these little vignettes you know these little sort of like moments and stuff like that and i guess the question ultimately is does it add up to to a good movie but i think there's so many sort of like truths and realisms when it comes to sort of like uh being an amateur athlete that is about to make millions of dollars and the sorts of people that come around um i I think that the movie has a lot of good insights into that and then real moments like we said like denzel you know oh there's his spike lee's style if you look at a lot of movies in the mid to late 90s there's a lot of like sameness to them, there is a, they all kind of follow like a kind of formula and a look and everything. And the thing that struck me in this movie is how it is not like there are, there are some crazy stylistic choices like with vignettes and things. The the scouts like talking right to the camera. Jesus, oh Jesus, 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 Hallelujah, Jesus, Hallelujah. Big stylistic moments that really made this movie like st- like like forget about even the plot or what happened or anything. Just stylistically, this movie is almost on the pedestal just for, for the bold choices that he made filmmaking-wise. Yeah. It was beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, I thought it was an interesting choice, and, and I'm going to put this in the good category because I thought it was a clever way to make a film. Um, so, so a couple things. To your point, coaches talking directly to camera. You know, there's a scene where Michael Jordan literally looks at the camera. He's like, he got game or whatever. <laughs> I think a lot of that was functional, meaning Spike was able to go and bring his camera crew and get these guys in the uh-huh. moments where it's like Scottie Pippen after games willing to say something to the camera for Spike Lee, not really know how it's going to be used in the yeah. movie, but he could never actually get them to come be in the movie. So he's like, right. I'll come to Dick Vitale's office and I'll get him to yell into a camera. It seemed like he was all talking on the phone while the camera... All that <laughs> stuff. Really so it's like, so you have all these sort of like George Carl and all these people talking about this fictional number right. one recruit. And I'm like, okay, so the way it's done this way that is obviously looks like a choice, but it also is kind of the only way you can get all of these people and their time. Which is mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes how great filmmaking happens. Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. The other choice I thought that was interesting was by using all of these famous NBA players and NBA coaches and college coaches to describe why he's so great. Did you, you know we never watched one basketball game other than between Denzel 100%. and the Sun? I think that's we never awesome. saw any basketball in this movie. I love that about this. movie. He relied entirely on basically these famous people to. They did all the heavy. Well, lifting. Reggie Miller describes a move he did, and they show the move though. But it's like, but yeah. in a but gym no by game. himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, he he was playing someone else. But I think he means it? The, yeah, yeah. In a sport, in but a, I, I know what you mean. You know in what I mean? Sports like, movie, you're, it's almost <laughs> like you must have like the big game that sort of set that is like it tricks your brain because you feel like you've seen a lot. Yeah, of basketball it feels like it's a basketball movie. That's what I'm saying. But it's There's not. never one scene where they're, other than the opening scene where they play the pickup game at the park, and right. the five of them come in, and then they're like, we're the high and school And even champs. then, it's just sort of... There was never a, a scene where they're all in a high school gym, and fans are like, yeah! And, like, and they're Jesus. playing a game, and they use storytelling of like, they're down by two, and they're down at the half, and they come back, like the sort of all None the of things that in you're this supposed movie. to put into, supposed to. But you never doubt that Jesus is exactly who they say is they, because they do show Ray Allen doing sort of one-on-one moves or with mm-hmm. his, you know, yep. on the playground. But then you have all of these sort of like he- big endorsements. I just thought it was a clever and quick way to do it without having to like actually pay for and stage a basketball game. Yeah, I wrote that down where I was like, in all honesty, like he, he exactly, he picks the hardest way to make Jesus seem like a superstar and you fully believe it. All the newspaper stuff, the ESPN, the him, just the, the the dad walking in and picking up all. There's like a sea of trophies, and like you believe it without having to spend a bunch of time watching uh, watching him play a game. It's it's a, it's like a, another weird weird bold move to make Jesus really seem like a superstar, like a yep. budding superstar. So maybe Michael B. Jordan could have worked then if we look at it. But that I, way. I, I actually do kind of lean toward you on that. I thought I had the thought like where I'm like it didn't m- maybe need to be an NBA player. Interesting, but the, but you uh, you don't see games, but you definitely see him play a lot. Yeah, but I don't and, know. And like and and I only think there's like a small percentage of people that would like, oh, he looks like an NBA player. Like Michael B. Jordan's like six foot. Like Ray Allen, just as an actor, he moves like a basketball. player. And when you put him beside other actors, you go, oh, I get why this guy who's like six five six six yep. is a recruit. Whereas like Michael B. Jordan won't look much different than Denzel Washington standing next to him. Yep. Th- that, that's a subtle thing and you get mm-hmm. past it, but it, it actually does resonate with you where you go, oh yeah, like that guy actually looks like him. And I'm sure it's a Spike Lee thing of being like, regardless of performance, I want everyone watching this to have basketball player in their head yeah, first, I not actor cool first. Choice, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because there's kind of two movies going on here. There's like, there's the, the commentary on uh, pro sports and how it relates to amateurs and obviously like entering a world where you come from nothing and then, mm-hmm. you know, all the people that sort of come out of the woodwork. But really, like, I think this is a movie about like a father and a son. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that like one gets in the way of the other? Like, is it like, do I want a movie about sort of like uh, somebody becoming famous and then the the obstacles you have to sort of navigate on that be- when one day you're, you have nothing and next day you're going to have, you know, $5 million dollars? Or do you want to see a movie about like this dad that went to jail for accidentally killing the mother and then the sort of reconciliation of that family? Like, mm-hmm. I felt like both of them suffered a little bit because the movie didn't know which story it was totally telling. I only felt like the third movie of the convict falling in love with the hooker was, was the one that really wasn't needed. I felt like the reconciliation, it needed that basketball thing because it needed him a reason to talk to him and it needed a reason for Jesus to talk back to Denzel Yep. because the only reason he would agree to it because he knew he was a desperate man who needed something from him. Yep. So it kind of made Jesus begrudgingly talk to him because he knew how dire the situation was. Right. Yep. I, I think, I think they elevated each other. I think it goes the other way. I yeah. Think, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, agree I, with that. I really think it elevated each other. I think that the plot 
the father plot is insane. Like an insane and like a good, like it's almost like he's using like fantasy style storytelling, like sci-fi storytelling of like the gut, like so the governor's letting a murderer out of prison. Governor's made a request that your son seriously consider enrolling in his alma mater, big state. The governor's given me his word. He'll do everything in his power to cut your time here short. Like when you say it out loud, a murderer, a governor is letting a murderer out of prison to convince his son to play basketball for his favorite school. Yeah. Like it's crazy. I find that the, that the thing that sets the movie in motion to actually be its most, most problematic part for me. See, I loved it. I thought it was cool. I thought, I, I think it was more, it was Spike Lee immediately saying, I'm not trying to tell like a realistic story. I'm trying to use this father, like you say, the father son dynamic to tell this other story. Like I'm going to draw you in with a father son emotional story. And then I'm going to use that to tell, to tell you the story about how capitalist America is and clawing maybe pre-social at these young kids. media. This shit could actually go down. Maybe this has happened. That crossed my mind a little bit. So, so, so in a movie where you go, okay, the, uh, the Lala character is hooking up with this like guy that's working for the rich agent so that they can right. get him signed. That shit absolutely happens. That's real. The way that like these cultures are recruiting, that's real. The fact that a governor would get a warden to let out a murderer to try and convince his son to sign and he has one week to do it. I'm like in a movie where it's like so many things feel real. That thing, that that action that sets everything in motion. I'm just like, huh, could they not have found a better way to get us here? I think it's purposely surreal. I think I, I mean, I, I totally get you know it. What I mean, because it's super strange. It is strange. And I think it's purposely surreal. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of dips in and out of surrealism, especially once you get to the end where it's yeah. like the end is completely surrealism. Like they're, you, we, we've moved. Well, completely but they did into it fantasy. in a realistic way, much in the way which when, is cool. When you're watching Star Trek, right? Yeah. Because they're on a ship, you'll believe that there's an, a planet with fishy beings, right? I yeah. thought Star but Trek. Because it was on Earth, you couldn't suspend your disbelief because on on Earth, that something like that would never happen in reality. But I think they did it in a believable way where I'm like, okay, I'm accepting this reality on this movie version of Earth that that can happen. Where I didn't even overthink it because they yeah. made it seem so real. Like I said, I, th- yeah. I, like, I really think he was he purposely used like sci-fi fantasy storytelling to, to, to manipulate you into never questioning it, even though when you take the step back, you're like, wait a minute, this movie doesn't yeah. actually make any sense. But it's okay that it doesn't make sense for some reason. Right. And by the way, I'm the guy to think about that. Like if there's me ever too. someone to be like, fuck I this. would usually hate that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know why this... I mean, I can say why it worked a little bit because it's a movie about basketball and I feel like my love of basketball kind of made me accept a few things I might not You're have saying if you otherwise. were if you were a governor, you would actually take those steps. To no, make I'm saying that I'm not, with Big if State. this was a movie about like figure skating, I'd be like, This is the most ridiculous thing in the right. world. But because I love the the, the subject of the movie so sure. much, I sort of maybe accepted some things a little a little mm-hmm. more. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Another thing I really I enjoyed is like which feels like and I like you figure would... skating, so I shouldn't use that as an <laughs> How dare you? Uh, <laughs> one thing that I thought was good that would seem obvious is a filmmaking choice, but he, he, you know, he did this from the basically the start when he shows them both shooting, and he's sort of like he kept using sort of like editing to show the similarities. You yeah. know, you know when they were watching, I think uh, at one point Denzel and Ray Allen were both watching the ESPN story, yep. and it's like they both touched their nose the same way. You know, <laughs> they, they had like ticks that he would he would show sort of back to back that were kind of nice little sort of like. Even though they're apart, the nose touching so was a little much. It's like a little on the nose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> boy. <laughs> no, they just did it too much. But sure. that's in my complaint category. Did you guys? Did you guys also think that Denzel shoots like me? 
he really does the catapult like the, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's That's behind true, the actually. Head. Which go, is considered more of an old school way that Larry Bird behind the head. Type yeah, of, yeah. I literally was watching. And I go, oh shit! I'm like, Denzel shoots like me. And Danny, Danny goes, oh, he totally does. It's like the yeah, catapult. He does. She calls it the catapult. It's harder yeah. to block. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shirt guys. Yeah. The opening of the movie. The montage. The mon- It might be. It might. It not. It's not the my favorite part of the movie, but it's incredible. Because it's like it draws me in immediately of like okay so there's someone who loves basketball as much as me making this movie mm-hmm. like there's like it tells me right yeah. away it makes you want to play basketball yeah. oh my god right? I wanted to get up shots yeah. right a hundred percent and they're showing like and it, it's like it's and they're putting up shots and it's passing it's not just like dunks 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 it's like oh well this is like poetic and slow well, it's and, every walk of life the yeah. way they play ball if but, you live in a barn in Oklahoma the you're kid gonna putting yeah. up in the crate by himself I'm like oh, this yeah. is like to say right away I'm going to tell a story from the point of view of someone who like adores basketball in a very poetic emotional way mm-hmm. not just like a fan who enjoys a, a sport like I see it as more than a sport which is how I feel about it so I'm like oh I'm gonna be so biased for this movie. I know he did it on purpose. He like drew me in. He's like any basketball. Anyone yeah, who loves like basketball, basketball porn. Yeah, a little yeah. bit and real porn. Yeah, uh-huh. too. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it's, it, there's something about like if he's like I'm speaking to people that are like minded. Like yes. you know what I mean? If you if you love if you get it you get it. You know what I mean? Whereas someone might be bored watching, you know, literally a, a three minute opening of just people hooping around the country. Spike Lee does that a lot. Of like I am making a very particular movie, and if you're in, you're in, and if you're not, I don't want you to be. I don't want you to be in because mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to make something for a broad audience. I'm trying to make a very specific movie, making very specific choices. Speaking of Spike, what's the best Spike Lee movie of all time? Malcolm X, for sure. I've never seen that one. I do would the right s- thing would be. I haven't seen that one. I, I would I would think uh, this one's definitely top three. This is up there. I so first of all, I I know this isn't in the conversation, but I really liked Twenty Fifth Hour. Yeah, I, that I, affected I me that. a lot at the end. Uh, and I thought Inside Man was fucking I loved amazing. Man. Amazing. I that was like a different that, caliber though. But I haven't seen Malcolm. That was him trying to get box office stuff. It was like a mainstream film yeah. that wasn't. I don't, did he even call that one a Spike Lee joint? I don't think so. They no, were trying he, to fool it was audiences. Him trying, it was, well, he's even said it's him trying to prove everyone who thinks that I make he got game style movies that are very niche. And he's like, no, no, no. I can I do this. I know how to do yeah. this. I can make mm-hmm. it. I just choose not to. Yeah. And I think he proved it because yeah. I thought that movie was great. I love that movie. That was but like my Clive Ma- Owen Malcolm kickback. X. They got Clive Owen at the height of his powers. Jodie yeah. Foster when she was still mm-hmm. a prestige brand. Yeah. Malcolm X is, is an incredible movie. Denzel's Highly, in that. Denzel, and he is like... A lot of the movie is just sticking a camera on Denzel and having him do speeches, and mm-hmm. Denzel just Wait, is that the we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Yeah, that is exactly Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's an amazing movie. What else do we like, boys? And then and then going from the beginning to the ending, I thought that the game, the famous game, one on one game between the two oh. of them, I love that. Point game. Just play the game. Just play the game. I learned that from you. Better D up, Jake. Well, the game is the one of the best scenes it's ever. It's incredible. It's the setup, it, it, like, talk about a high stakes game. Like, yeah. I don't care any basketball movie that has a game where it's like, you got to win this one for the championship or whatever. And then they'll have the slow motion toilet bowl at the end. Right. Like, nothing is bigger stakes than this. Like, literally, it's going to get him out of a life in prison, which is like hell, like, because he's going to do. Life and there. and the, and the stakes are not just getting up, but you, my son, are I I put it in your hands. Like it's not just yes. anyone; it's you, my son is the one who decides. And it affects the relationship with his son because if he's out of jail and he wins this game, he's probably going to have a better chance at having a relationship yep. with his son. Yeah, and yeah, and just like 
you know, in any conventional sport, because this is the big climax at the end, right? This is the big, in a conventional sports movie, this is the big game against the rival team or whatever it is. And it's so intimate because it is just literally a father and son on the playground where he taught him. Yep. You know, the, the son has gone down. It just has so much more weight and it just felt authentic. And well, I, yeah. This you know, is feel, like a real one on one game. Maybe we all know the story that. because, in a meadow, the other reason in a meadow way is you know, do you know that it's a real one on one game? What happened? Do you know that? I, in my mind, because obviously I'm dissecting, like, how the fuck did in, they do this? The, okay, they had lines and they just keep, kept doing it till they got in it. In the right. script, it was supposed to be Jesus 11 nothing, beating him 11 nothing, mm-hmm. just destroying him. And Denzel Washington full on just scored the first four points on them. And you like, can tell they're actually lucky baskets. Yeah. A couple of them were bankers. And then, and then Ray Allen yeah. got like pissed because he's like, what is what the hell is going on here? So I knew this story because Denzel told it on, on the, Simmons, on the Bill and, Simmons and other people. Yeah, lots of things. But yeah. So when I was watching it, it was funny because you see there's like two shots specifically where Denzel hits bankers that are absolutely bullshit shots. Bullshit shots. And Ray <laughs> Allen, and I knowing that Ray actually got mad, he has a line that I absolutely think is real where he's like, where he's like, he's like, okay, my ball is like enough of this lucky bullshit or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, he's talking because Denzel, I guess, started to get very confident once he mm-hmm. hit a couple and started to actually legit like, talking, trash talking shit. to him. Yeah. yeah. He Which, said, yeah, he's doing circles and he's running circles around Real. And he's like, at, at some point, you're really actually watching a young basketball player play against this older man getting super frustrated and, and embarrassed. You're at, oh, and yeah. you've captured a real moment, like something that's like, one of the hardest possible things to do in filmmaking. You caught like a real, actual human moment happening. Oh, it was beautiful. And everyone's had that moment if you're a basketball player. 100%. You're playing one-on-one and you're playing a guy who's way fucking better than you <laughs> and you get off to a 4 nothing lead. Yeah. You still know you're going to lose, but you're like, maybe I can hold <laughs> well, out like, of this moment. I already won because I, yeah. I scored a couple times on him so I can oh, tell yeah. everyone like, oh, I got a few in on him though, so don't worry. I've done that. And then and then Ray starts, you know, once once the, the, the balance of power gets more sort of equitable, like you realize like, oh, yeah, Ray. Allen and he it. runs out of gas. And, and he starts swatting Denzel. And it's kind of <laughs> sad also because it's the dad. Like, you know what I mean? And like, even could, without exactly. the knowledge we have, this ends up just being this amazing, dramatic, real moment. Well, because the point in if the reason in the script he was supposed to win 11 nothing was it was supposed to be I give you this power to end me. And the kid takes it and goes, I will then end you. And then. Denzel being the amazing actor that he is being like it's not enough that he's just going to beat me I got to egg him on to like do it in a really hateful spiteful way so like blocking him saying like he's trash talking but well it was the same game they had in their year I'm saying the stakes are he's trash talking and blocking him but to send you to prison for the rest of your life, like it's 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 really harsh. Like he draw, he like Denzel pushes Ray Allen. Well, to a because very the harsh game place. they had when he was young yeah. kind of sent yes. Jesus to prison, right? Yeah. Because then he's oh, the rest of his life point. without his mom. Very good. Point. So he treats Denzel the same way Denzel treated him in that game. Great point. Hey, he's doing all the same yeah. shit. It's nuts. But it's like it's almost mm-hmm. like Denzel in real life is the one that pushed Ray Allen to do that performance. Yeah, and that's it was brilliant. it's so brilliant. amazing on in so many ways. Yeah. That yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, loved it. And then I love, and I love the the very very end, the the fantasy throwing the ball over the top of the wall, going to a full surreal place. I, 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 okay, is that because I don't know if I love that or hate it? Actually, is is that scene referencing when the uh, young Jesus threw the ball over the fence? I think I think I'm sure the answer. I'm sure Spike Lee's answer is, "What do you think the end mm-hmm. the, the the reference? Like, if, is that if that's what you think? I think it was him letting like like." spiritually letting his son go like don't worry about mm-hmm. me anymore you do your own path i have got you to where you can be and now i i can step back mm-hmm. and whatever happens to me doesn't matter anymore i interpreted it as um basically no matter how far apart they are they'll always be connected like literally by basketball like it's like yep 
you know, it's like it's like it's like he was able to reach his son in this sort of very whimsical and like you know f- fantasy sort of way by throwing the ball over. But to Shane's point, there must have been some symbolism there with the but idea how, that that's what ended them, but then now it's like what connects them. Yeah. How many sports movies end with a surreal abstract image that all three of us interpreted in a different way? Like that's mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. I and think that's a, I respect amazing... a, I respect a bold choice. Because yeah. if I was his producer or like I was co-writing with him and I, I think he might have co-wrote this with somebody or maybe no, he produced he co-produced it. But anyway, I would be like, "Ah, Spike, come on." Like it's too much. Like we're making a, we're making a movie about like uh, the best high school player in the country and how predatory like college and pro uh, sports can be with somebody like that. Like yeah. don't it's gonna fuck with people. And Spike, it would have been funny if he threw it up and then he went alley oop and then he grabs <laughs> it and slam. And then and then Spike gets gunned down because he's in the don't go zone. Denzel, yeah. Oh, sorry, Denzel, yeah. yeah. Cool. And by the way, when I do I will I do remember very strongly when I saw this in the theater, I was like. The tension. I thought they were going to shoot Denzel at the end. Oh, for sure. Oh, I did oh too. Oh, my God. And uh, it, I was just thinking, like, it would have been funny if he, he not funny, but been hilarious. Morbid, he gets shot, and then the uh, one guard goes to the other guy. Nice shot. How <laughs> 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 you put a high five yeah. and freeze frame, so and then the credits go? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn, the game. You don't need nothing. <laughs> Fucking roll credits. Public enemy comes on. Uh, okay, best scene. Best scene that the the one on one game at the Come end. Come on, who's not going to say that? Unanimous. Yeah, it, yeah, the best yeah. scene is when they when they they next battle. Level, next level filmmaking. Best performance. I'm saying Ray Allen, man. Get wow! Wow! I've never felt more vindicated from a sports I, a Space Jam argument. He was so perfect as that. He is what made this movie. Come on, you could be perfect. <laughs> you could be perfect for a Come role. He, but that, you're doing the even the, the nose touch that he does. <laughs> <laughs> you could be perfect for a role, but he wasn't the best in the movie. Come on, Denzel. I'm have might have some Denzel stuff in the second half of this. Woo! Seriously, that's what? why I haven't really said too much about what? him. I I also want if, if we're I'm talking not, about not, things we love. I'm, I'm not going to say he's bad. I'm just saying that that it did feel. A, a, just to kind of leak in it, I felt like there were kind of two styles happening mm-hmm. where Ray Allen is being the non-actor playing a very real, like not like Ray Allen, he, Ray Allen could never be in, a, he's not an actor. He can never be in another movie. He is just Jesus Shuttlesworth. He is just this person versus a very method Denzel Washington kind of like working on a real character. And it felt like these two kind of things were butting up against each other. And you kind of have to pick one or the other because if I, if I lean Denzel, then Ray looks ridiculous, like he doesn't belong in this at all. And if I lean Ray, then Denzel looks like an actor who's putting on a character. See, I think if if the dad character was shitty, this movie doesn't work. And I think if Ray Allen was played by a lesser actor who's a basketball player, who is more monotone, mm-hmm. I think the movie still works. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah. So I win. <laughs> I don't know if you want. I'm just saying that I, I, to me, when I was watching it, just... I was. Oh. I thought Ray Allen was great. I felt so much for Denzel. I loved him. I hated I'm him. I'm not even like anti Denzel. I mean, I have my thing in the second half was more going to be about the clashing of the styles. I just mean, legitimately, I felt like the the movie works only if you believe that this that Ray Allen is J- Jesus Shuttleworth, and I believed it, and therefore he's got to because he's he's. He, they, they give him so much to do. There's so much on his shoulders to throughout this movie. Like Denzel drops out of the movie for like. 
half the movie at one point. And he dropped uh, Dom like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. You, I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. Even though that's like kung fu bullshit, like to knock his like <laughs> air out of him with like a poof. I don't know. I, well, I, and then he goes on to get annihilated that night. Remember? And then he runs into Booger again. Oh, and yeah. He kind of right. starts taunting Booger at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Anyways, Denzel plays drunk very well. We've all yeah. seen like flights. that scary drunk. Oh yeah, charismatic, and you don't want to see him us. get mad. I know people like that. Oh yeah, and like even the way he's kind of like taunting Booger, like it's like playful, but you know it could switch at any minute. Like I would have given him everything I had in my wallet if he came with <laughs> me like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm with you, Denzel. Of course, I'm sure. But that, but but, I, but Johnny, I'm not trying to Johnny, I cool. see where you're coming from. Yeah. Like I went into this with a vested interest in being like, geez, I hope Ray Allen holds up after saying that in the last yeah. season. But I also was like, I'm like, I'm, I want to be fair to Shane. I'm not going to come here and just defend it to defend yeah. it. And he he actually he was car- like, I was he like, carries the oh, movie. He's great. And I'll th- admit he he was good. But it is like the old George, my old George Harrison theory. I know. I'm not trying to be too cool for school. Who's I'm not, not overly adulated is the best. That would, if I did that, I would be picking like. I don't know. The uncle is the best character in the movie. I mean, the, the, it's it's either Denzel or, or Ray Allen. No one's picking the uncle because he's not in the movie long enough. I'm just saying that, like, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to pick a too cool for school person. I'm saying I, I genuinely disagree. think that Ray Allen was the way I was mad at Mike is the way I'm mad at you. Now. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was great. All right, let's move on to the reasons we might want to knock it off the pedestal. The case against keeping it on there. Uh, what is aged badly? What was bad even then? And let's talk about some of its flaws. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, I forgot to mention in the last part. Sure, sure, sure. How much I love Rick Fox. You see Molly over there, man? You call her up at four in the morning, man. Bitch, get over here, let me spank you. Man, before you hang the phone up, she's beating on the door. You ain't even gotta kick your roommate out. He was such a uh, charismatic yet realistic tour guide, I thought. Yeah. And he, I think he's a good actor. And I loved the, uh, uh, the scene when. Not obviously. I know what you the, the joke is going to be like, oh, I love the scene where Ray uh, has intercourse with those two women with the gigantic bosoms. But I love the transition <laughs> when he's just Ray's just like looking all happy in the camera as they're licking his cheeks, and then it whips over to Denzel. I just thought that was such a good uh, transition. Yeah. A lot of a lot of turning and whip pans. And I actually thought about this. There were so many scenes where he'd be on something, and then so you'd walk out of frame. He would turn. And I was like, is he doing this because a basketball is round? He's always fucking turning in this movie, if you notice. Interesting. Because, yeah, he's... Uh, uh, well, maybe he's like, I might do a whip pan here. I might do a whip pan here or something. But there were slow yeah. ones. Like, yeah. Remember when we saw Ray Allen running to the bus stop with Lala? Yeah. And then it literally goes... It spins the whole way, and then it comes back to her, and then Ray Allen... I could see that being a choice he'd make. He, it happened I, a few times in the yeah, film. I can, I can, I can yeah, I could see that. But did you guys not laugh at Ray when he's getting his... Oh, it's great! Slicked. I yeah, thought that for was, sure. Was I thought so Rick good. Fox was charming and funny, and and mm-hmm. he he saw, because for my complaints about the other guys like Big Time and stuff, I thought Rick Fox was the exact opposite mm-hmm. of that. He was like a nice, fun, charming, normal person who. Where if you're gonna draw me into your world, being just sort of normal and affable and charming, that's what's gonna mm-hmm. get me. That's gonna get me way more than hey, you want this Rolex? You want this car? Like it just don't scream like don't scream hustler. Yeah, and Rick Fox was. Mutt was probably Rick the Fox best is of also, those guys. Rick Foss is also like a card-carrying SAG member. He's an actor. Who's yeah, been, he's I good. Guess, multiple they, credits. He was considered <laughs> as as uh, to be Jesus. Oh, really? Yeah, he was. He was on the list. And probably then, too old. Yeah, I just um, I think he was just I don't know very handsome. Maybe just a little too, too chiseled, movie handsome movie star. Yeah. yeah. Well, I loved also the way he's I, a very good-looking guy. Yeah. We can we agree Rick Fox is incredibly good-looking? No, I think it's indisputable. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, but I love the way that Lala was just, you just hated her. But then 
on the bench, she comes clean. And it, I was like, she's going to just be this hateable character. And she's like, he's like, well, you fucked. Uh, tell me you're not fucking dumb. And I'm like, oh, she's going to deny this to the death. Deny till you die. And she's like, yeah, so? I was like, whoa. And yeah. then she kind of gets into why. And it's such a real, honest portrayal. And of she like knows they're cheating. breaking up. Like, yeah. there, it, that, I agree with you. That scene was fantastic because it was a real scene between two people. The only thing that wasn't really realistic is that she would actually get rid of that baby. Like, that baby. That was wild. That re- that when he says. literally did, did worth millions. That, yeah. That she, like. Yeah. It actually made her made her a more sort of likable character yeah. that maybe at one time really did love Jesus. Well, they were pro- I think she still loved him, but yeah. she just thought it was a fruitless endeavor to get with an NBA star. Yeah. Well, she said she would the reason why that scene worked so well is she was kind of saying like we like we're all as the audience, we're watching and seeing everyone like get like the system this, like everyone's trying to game you, everyone's trying to game you and she's trying to be like just why are you keep acting like this isn't actually happening? Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, like, wake up. Stop acting like you're some victim. Like, you're in the middle of this. This is happening. I'm going to do it. If you think that I'm the last person who's who's going to be trying to, like, game you for this, this is going to be the rest of your life. She's Sorry, very, but this is what's happening. She's very real. And I yeah. liked that when she was like, come here, look at me. And she wanted to give him a kiss because she was trying to break up. She's like, this yeah, is, this is it. And he wouldn't kiss her. Yeah. There was just something about that scene because then she tried again. And then she held his face and she kind of gave him, like, a, a kiss on the cheek because he wouldn't kiss her because he was still crushed about mm-hmm. the dom news i'm guessing or was embarrassed or whatever he felt and then she just did it and she walked away i did, I, I agree it's funny but, i'm glad you brought that up it's a great scene and keep in mind too uh we're made to not like lala because she thinks that they're gonna break up and in your mind you're like no the, the, this could work if you give it a chance he just fucked those women yep. in college proving that she was absolutely right and he denies it and she comes clean Good so point. it's just like foreshadowing what would happen had they stayed together in an mb he couldn't even uh, resist the recruiting uh, basically, and he, didn't even, he, didn't, he just went literally like Rick Fox. He just plunked him in a room with women. He was like, "Okay, I guess I'll have sex with them." Yeah, yeah that's true. Exactly. So you really uh, empathize with Lala there. Yep. Or all right. Sympathize. Okay. Thanks to to knock it off the pedestal. Yep. Uh, I've I've edited all the episodes so far, yep. and I feel like there's like a catchphrase that Shane says for almost all the movies that he doesn't like. <laughs> you know what the catchphrase is? Uh, this movie is. This movie is a piece of shit. No, <laughs> way too fucking long. Oh, I say that. You say it a lot. I probably I said this movie that, is way too fucking long. I, right. Yeah, and I thought that a lot with this movie. There was some in things, my notes. This movie is too long. So Johnny, I am with you. Yeah, this movie why is have way too we, fucking long. Why <laughs> to quote the ever quotable Shane? <laughs> why have the prostitute? Oh my part? god. My name is Dakota. Have you ever been there? Oh no. I do that. Like it's it doesn't not make, like it needed time. It doesn't go anywhere. Like I, I wrote a thing where I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to think that myself. Where I'm like, maybe Ugh. he's in the writing process, and he's like, okay, he's in the halfway house, and he meets this character. Let's just follow where this character goes, and then it doesn't actually go anywhere. But I like that she exists, so let's keep her in. I, I think the studio is like, listen, this is Denzel. This is a leading man. He's very handsome. He needs a woman. I guess, but I mean, the woman, like... And then at the end, when it shows her on, like, the bus the going bus. back to, like, Indiana or whatever the fuck, I was just like, oh, my God. So her encounter she was, with Denzel, She was like, bad. She was horrible. She seemed like... Uh, she seemed like... Mila Jovovich was a model trying to be an actress, and she seemed like a model trying to be an actress. Yeah. It was It was hard. It was... The whole thing was hard to watch. I was actually like, what am I... Like, what is the point of any of this? Where is this going? You know, there, there's this uh, interview where Denzel Washington is on Howard Stern, and Stern asks him if he ever gets like aroused during like sex scenes with like pretty actresses. 
and a lot of actors will have like a very political sort of response to that. But Denzel was just kind of like in I don't give a fuck mode, and this was like well before the current times we're living in. Right. And he's like, well, I'm a man, and uh, you know, you start doing those things, you're gonna have a reaction. Like, what are you supposed <laughs> to do Denzel. about it? You know. <laughs> and it's like, so he he kind of answered it in a very blunt way, where he was saying, yes, I, I'll get a boner without, mm-hmm. you know, I'm paraphrasing. So I, that's all I could think about when him and Mila Jovovich were getting physical, and then he has like a premature ejaculation. I thought it was very funny to think of the oh, actor. I wanted Denzel. to ask about that because I th- I thought, could he not? Did he lose his boner? Or was it quite the opposite that he he? Uh, I thought he lost his. Boner. I thought it was. It'd been six years since anyone had touched him affectionately. That probably makes more sense. So when he was rubbing on like her yeah. from behind, he. I'll like, be honest. Has... I sort of checked out a little bit in there because yeah. I was like, I. I My I, wife I, and I had different theories on what happened there. I think. And, he, I think and was he, he wearing his blue jeans? Did he come in his jeans? That's the way I read it. Yeah, but you could be right because she did say we have all night. But I read that line as like you'll be able to get up again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like enough Maybe. time. Yeah. The clock is off. It reminded me of the scene in uh, Bad Teacher with Justin Timberlake and Cameron Diaz where they're fucking with their jeans on and, and <laughs> Justin comes. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen Bad Teacher. It's a very funny scene. We'll do it next time. Yeah. I've seen we'll it. cut to that clip, yeah. <laughs> Why am I using all these clips from other movies? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it moving, baby. Why not? Yeah, so Mila Jovovich that to was me was a, a net negative. And, and it kind of leads into this movie's kind of treatment of women, which I thought was just very strange overall. So there was the, the hooker, uh, the porn stars and like it's uh, the it's just all yeah. it's just what we, porn stars that's those those were two real porn stars in the dorm they weren't real students at that college <laughs> <laughs> it was so, I was like, considering was enrolling like, they were not they were not like actresses playing like hired hookers those are both actual porn stars like right real, yeah yeah Chasey Lane and Jill Kelly I looked it up in the movie do you think they were supposed to be they're supposed to be students oh they weren't so oh, I assume they were hired. Yeah, oh, like really? Rick Fox brought them in to try and seal no, the deal. I thought it was supposed they to be. They were not students. I thought it was supposed to be look at the freaky deaky white girls that we have at our college. No, no. at the cafe, outdoor cafeteria, really? those are the freaky deaky yeah. white yeah. girls. The sycophants were the, the, girl, the two girls that came up to kiss him. On the, yeah. that, that, those girls were hilarious and bad actresses. Horrible. That's another part of what I'm talking about. And then about. he led him to the fucking sex room where two professionals were to seal exactly. the deal. Okay. Exactly. That's the way I took it. All right. I took it as. Maybe I'm wrong. I took it. I, I took it as like look at look how great <laughs> yeah, our students. You can't leave that to but students. Then, what would then, be the odds that then, those then, girls why, are friends? Why would? Yeah. Does Does Jesus know they're hookers? Does he think that they're Jesus? Students? Don't care. But then why would that sell him on going to the to it, to the school? It because I got you didn't. hookers. Because I got you anything your heart desires. Yeah. yeah, they don't guys don't care. Why do they go to strip clubs? Strippers don't like them, but they fucking yeah, just like the adulation. They I guess. Throw their money. Anyways, I just thought I thought I was so it was very jarring when they opened the door and there's these two fake boobed like like like, older. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what is happening? Mm. And then he's like, enjoy yourself. And I'm like, wait, where is this movie going right now? Yeah, Yeah, it was weird. And and, and just and like you said, the the girls when he first shows up, it was just strange. It was just kind of it felt like it was kind of I think everything about I think what Spike was trying to get across is everything about that trip was probably pre-planned. So, yeah. I mean, even the girls that Rick Fox wanted to come up, like, not the ones in the room, but, like, all the girls in the cafeteria. Being, he probably set all that up because they really wanted the number oh, one high sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, anyway. I get it. I mean, I, either either way, that's it, it speaks to that all, that whole sequence was, you probably could have cut five or six minutes out of that. I thought the recruiting you probably was fought, that, that was The recruitment was one of the better ones. The One of the worser ones were, like the aforementioned big time. So you want me to talk to your pops, man? He's stressing you out, I see. 
I'll talk to him, man. I'll handle it. Just give me the word. I can handle my own business, all right? Yeah, you can handle it, all right, yeah. J-Man, handle it. <laughs> Where he's driving in the car for like 10 minutes, like, descri- like and that, and, it, and maybe if it's a better actor who's like, but if it felt like this hammy guy who's yelling about, you were doing a better impression than I was. I just thought he was a shitty, ver- I was like, yeah. if this was, and ironically, John Turturro is in the film, but I was like, if John Turturro's playing this guy in the car, it's just somehow more realistic Agree. than this weird it's, guy. It's the, it's the casting that wrecked it more than... And I guess that guy, I couldn't tell his ethnicity, but he used the N-word a lot in that <laughs> monologue. Was he, and I also couldn't even put my finger out, like, was he a gang member running the neighborhood who's giving Protecting Jesus, I okay. guess. Because, I mean, there's a few kind of... I, I, I think they could have dropped Mila Jovich. I think they could have dropped Big Time. And then the movie's already, you're down 20. Yeah, I said save 20 minutes. It's the second act. It was the point. It was right when he jumps into Big Time's car. Yeah. That, because Denzel's like, I really got to talk to you. And he goes, go drive, drive, drive. And then Denzel, maybe that is proof that Denzel's the best part of this movie. Because the moment Denzel drops off for like half an hour, 40 minutes, I'm just like, my my eyes are glazing over. I'm like, oh no, like this, this movie that I was really enjoying is starting to like really, really go off the rails. It really went way off the rails there. Um, that agent was horrible. I can't believe you liked that agent. He was the weird, yeah. like, do you want I this thought he was I realistic. Do you want these cars? See this car? I give you one. It's like, what is, I mean, he just kept doing, the problem was, I know uh, people like that. The problem was, even if it was, it was, it kept for, for a long period of time, it kept being the same note, like story beat came being played over and over and over and over again. Here's an agent. He wants to, and we're going to spend 10 minutes on why this agent's trying to use you. Here's your coach. Here's 10 minutes on why the coaches want to use you. Here's big time. Here's 10 minutes on why the big time wants to use you. And then recruitment. It's just the, the same. I'm like, there was a big period of time where it's like, you're not moving the story forward in any way. You're just really beating me over the head over and over and over with the same. I guess I just got caught up in the fantasy a little bit. I, I'm like, imagine that was me and all these people. Did you want to be Jesus in that? scenario well i don't know was it like a nightmare in every song i listen to i want to be in the music video for it (laughs) when i watch goodwill hunting i am matt damon i am the smart person because it's like all fantasy for me so yeah when the the guy was offering me all this shit i was like if the guy pulled out a watch like that what would i do it's kind of a cool scene i thought Mm -hmm. that that, that, that's what i was doing and probably i got blinded by fantasy in that part maybe i enjoyed uh this sort of weird cinematic universe cross uh over this little sort of like thing in my mind where when john Turturro is the college coach who's trying to recruit uh uh jesus shuttleworth every time you would say jesus all uh, i thought about was big lebowski of course it's hard <laughs> it's like but like it was just interesting because it's like he says jesus in the big lebowski he says it almost the His exact same way. His name is Jesus in, in the Big, Big Lebowski because yeah, he's like, yeah, that's he's interesting. Like, I'm the Jesus. Jesus. Are they making a sequ- like a semi sequel to Big Lebowski where he's playing the same character? It's, it's all about his character. Yeah, yeah. It's, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's a spinoff. Yeah, spinoff like, movie of Big Lebowski with John Turturro playing Jesus. They yeah. gave us all the backstory we need that he was like he'd been busted with an underage girl, so he had to go door to door saying he was a uh, like. Do we really need to know the? I'm no idea. It could be good. Can't <laughs> but go he was great in Big Lebowski, so yeah. And. uh I, when Turturro was dribbling the ball, I found that unintentionally funny. Oh my god! <laughs> He's trying to deke him. He's like going into him, but then he almost lost, lost the ball. Lost the handle. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that was weird choice. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what coach would do that? Like, would Coach K dribble the ball and try to show off his handles? Like, it was just. I don't know. Fox kept giving like little looks to Jesus though to sell like I understand. We know he's coaches being kind of a loser. Coach is trying to be cool right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get that. And by the way, I will say when this movie was made in 1998, we also forget how less self-aware everything was. Oh, the internet 100%. and like fucking Twitter and Instagram. Everybody is so self-aware now and like sort of like understands how they're perceived. 
1998, a coach probably did think that was cool the way he was dribbling, mm-hmm. and that's why Rick Fox. That's probably what Spike's trying to get across. Like, oh, yep. these two players know the coach is a bit of a yep. goofball. Whereas now, I can't picture a coach doing that because they know they You're would get too made fun aware. Of. Yeah. yeah, there's probably a camera on him somewhere for this exactly. recruiting thing. And okay, so you know when Denzel he's looking uh, to get with the prostitute, but he doesn't have any money, so he goes to the cops. Yeah, and the cops are like, "You need some bussy and all this." So they end up giving him who's the uh, the Jim Jim Kelly? Am I got that right? Yeah, who's that's a, football a former player? football Jim player. Brown. Jim, Jim Brown. Brown. Yeah. yeah. Who, who I thought did a good job. I thought he was great. I thought they were both Yeah, they, they did good. their best with and what like they Hank had to Azaria's, do. And like Hank Azaria's lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> when you can't get Hank, you get but, whatever that fuck Okay, so is. they give him one bill, which again, I was like, that that scene really made me like suspend disbelief. I'm like, the cops are giving him money for the prostitute. I was like, okay, that doesn't seem really on task, but I guess they're thinking it'll clear his head. And But the next scene... He's got a wad of cash. Like, I get he broke the bill, but did they give him a $1,000 bill? He probably has a budget, and they maybe kept it. Into- Here's what I would say. I think that she might cost 30 for the night. Who knows? American. Mm-hmm. I find it far more unrealistic that he's able to fucking buy the new Nike Jordans or whatever the hell it was he bought. That's a yeah. good point. I w- when he went in, and, and they, they have that really memorable scene where he sees the ankle uh, thing from the police. He's like, oh, it's for arthritis. And the sales guy goes, yeah. He's like, uh, my brother's, my, got, my brother's got arthritis. It seems to be going around. And he did the, But then Denzel took that little quip and used it uh, on uh, Lala when she's like, oh, that's my brother. When she's talking about Dom, who's the man she's fucking, he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I see the resemblance. Yeah. So he yeah. took that joke. Well, the funny thing, though, is it's like, what joke? Well, the, the old switcheroo, like, old I'm going to play joke. along like I know. Oh, yes. So yes, Denzel's yes, saying, yes. yeah, I see the resemblance, but he's really saying, oh, you're You not, know that I know yeah, that you're a liar. I'll play along if 100%. you work with me. Uh, so, he, so when he walks out with these Nikes and this fucking, like, sweet, like, court gear, I'm like, that, like, there's no way that he had enough to buy those shoes. Mm-hmm. But anyway. yeah. As a kid, too, that was a huge fantasy for me. I'm like, oh, man, imagine I got out of jail. They gave me all this cash <laughs> and I got to buy those shoes. Like, I even thought that was cool yeah, when I was young. Yeah, yeah. So there was a big element that I don't know if it ruined the movie. It was it, so I'm curious what you guys think. The music. That's all. Break. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. G. I thought the music in some places was so unbelievably inappropriate for what was going on. Like using especially like the old classical music. It just yeah. It took mm. me. So out of scene, and I, 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 I kind of wanted to be like yeah. too cool for school, like the George Harrison thing, and be yeah. like, I love this. I lo- he's using this old nineties to make the soaring melodrama, and I'm like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, who let the dogs out when he's murdering the mom? I thought that was a weird choice. But <laughs> I literally was loading up a joke. I was going to go with Ding Dong, the witch is dead. I know. I know. Oh, God. You guys are staring at each other. You and I are both winding up. And I'm like, when do I cut him off? When's appropriate to cut Pops off? Uh, I, I, I'll say as a young person, I loved the classical music. I thought it was weird juxtaposition in the most artistic way. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was as brilliant as I did then when I watched it now. I certainly didn't. It didn't bother me the way I did. I wasn't like, this is inappropriate. I was like, that's ah, a choice and I'm fine kept, with it. I thought it set a tone out of that movie. fit. It kept pulling me out. They were playing like weird old Western music while they were doing that pickup game. I thought that scene with Rosario Dawson, the La La scene, it kept undercutting it with this like they're having a real dramatic like real scene and there's this big soaring strings playing that do not fit at all what is happening. You know, I have a mini theory about this. Uh, and I thought about this last night when I was watching it. There's a scene where Ray Allen's talking to the sister, you know, and he's like, why'd you let... Stranger in. I, I can't remember if it was that scene or a different scene. And there's this, this music under it. And I had the quick thought where I go, 
I wonder if he's doing this to help the acting a bit. Because if you put music under anything, because if if you just go straight, right, it's like you have to be a really good actor to carry like ostensibly like a stage play, right? Like just like dry dialogue. You can absolutely help out a a bit of a weaker actor by putting music underneath it to help you. It it helps the actor emote or it helps the audience sort of like get somewhere you want them to get. And I was like, this scene between, I think it might have been a Denzel Rayon, but there was a couple scenes where I went, if you took this music out right now, I feel like Ray would be a little bit uh, outmanned here up against Maybe. Denzel. Mm. But so I wonder if that was yeah. a choice for that I just reason. felt like it was the, the choice of, like, I, I, I'm fine with music being there. It was just, it just felt like music from another movie. Yeah. And I know it's completely on purpose, and I know it was a choice, but it just kept, I was like, it was like beating me over the, there was a lot, and perhaps that plus the pacing, it just became a point where I was just getting, like, real tired of, of, of all these strange diversions artistic diversions that were just like crushing me yeah um and then my other thing was the denzel thing that i was saying before the that i did feel like i know you guys will completely disagree and i know i feel i figured everyone will but it just denzel did not super duper duper work for me in this movie first of all watch the language (laughs) 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 you're saying he super duper didn't work i no no he no, nah, not see, not that over the top. He just did not feel like he fit into this, like if if this movie of, like I said before, the style of Ray Allen being like a real, real person, and Denzel felt like he was playing a character, and it felt like it depends on how you're, and it felt like I was watching Denzel Washington play a character. Like I couldn't help but feel that way. Yeah. Who who would who would have done better? I have no idea, and I feel like it might not even be Denzel's fault as much as was the style. Of, like if you. They once should just ma- remake it and have Michael B. Jordan once play you're both. Parts. That'd be awesome. <laughs> once you're making the choice to put real non-actors in, you're already. I'm already kind of pulled out to one mm-hmm. level where I'm already kind of watching it, knowing this is Ray Allen. Yeah. So now that I'm doing that, I now know this is Denzel. You know what I mean? Well, maybe it's, Kyrie could have done it. He has that older character. <laughs> Uncle Drew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, I respectfully disagree, but I can yeah, see I where you're everyone's from. going. Yeah. I, I do, and I also do wonder. I mean, this is another like like bigger swing, but I do wonder if like him being so nice and affable and Denzelish kind of took me out of it. Like, I, like if he was a lot more callous, if he was a lot more hardened, if he's when he's with this hooker, he's actually kind of like mean to her, and 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 he's like this murderer. He actually really and like I almost felt like it was kind of a cop out to have it be like an accident. Like, but what life if, has softened him a little bit. Like he's been humble. But was he that six bad, years, man? Bad? Of course. I just I do wonder if he's like more hardened by being like the 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 world kind of fucks you over and the government's the but and I know the governor is going to fuck me over in the end anyways and I, and my lesson I want to say to my son is the world is a super duper duper hard I keep saying super duper yeah, duper I don't know why um, <laughs> but the world is a is a fucking hard place and I want to show you how hard it is and when he beats his ass in the game he's like good I taught you the lesson that you can't you can't you can't even hold back even against your dad cuz yeah. it felt like that's what the script was trying to say but it didn't feel like Denzel was hard enough to to drive that home. You're right. Denzel sucks, man. I don't think he <laughs> sucks. <want> us over. <laughs> uh, what are we on? Stuff we hated? Yeah. I thought there could be, like, come on, I like this movie, but I thought there could have been some comedy. A little like bit. A little I, I wanted to laugh a little bit in it. It was you know, a little... Like the kid not being able to read was... <laughs> yeah, like a part that made me laugh, though. Like that was too much in the end. Like I'm not even saying that was a horrible part, but I needed something to make me smile a little bit. Yeah, in this. yeah. There's joy in life. You know, mm-hmm. it's not all as bleak as it seems. Like they are still looking at he's going to be a millionaire. There's some happy elements to that. You know, there was some. I have a really shiny nitpick, or it's like really like 
where the scene where they're where big time is describing like all the bad people smoking drugs and stuff, and they're playing dice. And there's a part where they someone rolls dice that come like come close to the camera, and they clearly use like big oversized dice to get that shot. Mm. And then they have someone pick up one of the dice, and it's like clearly a a, a, a giant die. I don't know why you would leave it. If you cut the shot a second and you don't see this hand pick up this giant. I know it's nothing. Mm. I know it's a small nitpick, but I rewound it like three times to watch it because it was so jarring to me. I'm like, this is such an easy fix. You have to rewatch that part. Wow. I, I know it's something that would bug shooting you guys after. <laughs> the guy immediately starts shooting people in the, the hallway. Yes. Yeah. Right over the dice. Yeah. <laughs> because the dice are too big. Yeah. <laughs> it's big <laughs> dice. That's cheating. <laughs> Do you guys know what this... Should I do the Rotten Tomatoes a consensus after we come to a consensus? Nah, hit me now. What do you guys think of got on Rotten Tomatoes? I think I'd, I'd, I'm 52. pretty... 52. Nah, it's got to be like 75. Sitting at 80%, hmm. with the critical consensus being, though not without its flaws, he got game finds Spike Lee at or near the top of his late period game, combining trenchant commentary with his signature visuals and a strong performance from Denzel It would have been Washington. better if they said late quarter. <laughs> like period is weird yeah more humor come on everyone <laughs> it's a basketball movie yeah. uh any other uh, complaints i mean again i i'm with johnny on everything except for uh probably denzel i think denzel was fantastic uh i did think it was too long you didn't think it was you too long you felt passionate about the dice well no no <laughs> oh, okay. not everything yeah. sorry <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't fall asleep you, last you, night after you didn't think it was scene. too long it feels like every, almost every movie even movies you like you were telling you well this movie had a kind of a surreal bent to it right. so i accepted I thought for sure you were gonna come in hot with this movie's way too long because this movie's like almost for sure too long wow nah. i'm surprised i was so down man you zig you yeah when i think you're gonna zig you zag baby I must say this though, uh, to come clean a little bit. I watched this over two nights. Uh huh. So, so when you do that, a movie never seen. Where'd you take the break? Oh, uh, at the right before the the porno scene with the porn stars. <laughs> or was it like like I fell asleep? No, right he needed a break right after that <laughs> one. <laughs> right, I was gonna say same joke. Yeah, there Fuck. was an overlap. So <laughs> the first time I watched it, I watched it till that scene was uh -huh. done, and, and then, then I started. I rewound again. a little bit, and then, and then, then yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a hard watch. Let's just yeah, say. okay. <laughs> Okay, so are, are we there at that time? I think we are. All right, guys. Do we keep He Got Game on the pedestal? Of course we do. Shane's a yes. You're a big yes. Well, I, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag because I think it was obvious the way I played this. Sure. I should have held my cards a little or no, my whatever. dice closer so to my chest. Any, or you just, it's so obvious to you. It's very, it's one of his best movies. Like this is, this is a, a great movie, I'll say. Wow. I disagree. Come on. I think that there's two. There's two. It is. It is a good movie. I'm not gonna say it's. I would never put this in one of our like. It's a good movie. I don't know if it's. There's too many problems that that bring it down too many levels for it to be a pedestal movie for me. There's just especially yeah, pacing, point. and it's so it's fine. It's good. I think because maybe my bigger problem is I watched Malcolm X right before <laughs> this to sort of remind once a me. week. Yeah, it's a good movie, and that and that movie is like. A fucking masterpiece, and so like even even with so if even within his oeuvre, it's not even on the pedestal. I don't know if so. I, I'm voting no, not on the pedestal. Mm. Not a hard no. It's not like a bad movie, but it's not a pedestal movie for me. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm swayed a little bit. Like I'm not passionate about this being. You on the came pedestal. in super hot, of course. So I'm taking you from a yeah. Okay, I, all right, all I right. Kind of, it, I kind of lost the script on what being on the pedestal meant that's okay yeah, but yeah <laughs> now he's super apologetic yeah no because i for a second i was like are we just gonna say if this is good or bad and i'm like no that's not what the pedestal is about yeah like it's good 
I'll st- I'm still standing by my pedestal, yeah. but it's not. It's a borderline pedestal. Okay. So the Mikey. I I think that this movie uh, is very good, and at times it's great, and at other times it's kind of bad, and so I don't think it belongs on the pedestal. Uh, but I enjoyed a lot of it, like a ton I think I'm of it. Right there with you. Um, yeah. I just don't. I don't think that like if I was talking about great movies, this would ever come up where I'm like, you have to see this movie. Agreed. But I would it, say there's know. scenes to watch. I would I would say that one on one at the end. I'll give you the I'll give you the the the, the plot up to that point, and now here's the YouTube of, of watching Denzel play. Because it's transcendent, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of good in it. Of course, there is. But it's. I feel like it's uneven. It's too uneven. Yeah. And and, the, and there's a high highs and low lows, and there's just too many lows. What so, do you guys think of the theme song? <laughs> I'll hit, keep the, hit me I with mean, it again. I'll keep that on the pedestal. He got game. She got game. It might feel good. It might sound a little something, but fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing, or if it ain't mean. If it doesn't mean nothing, it's a, yeah, it's good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, the, the song. The oh theme, yeah. The Are we ending? Song it? stays the on, the on the pedestal. <laughs> well, I think it's that time, boys, where we uh, it's time to close the book on that one. Perfect. <laughs>